Today I am joined with uh, Tony Qualls from Manic Meadery Wine and <laughs> Manic Meadery, Manic Mead Wine and Cider. Manic could be a <laughs> whatever you choose. The Manic is the key, and whatever follows is happenstance. I like that. It's the first time we've actually had a Meadery on. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, this was one I've been looking forward to all season because we have not had the chance to have any uh, Meaderies on. So, being a local, uh, very close, and we've kind of known you uh, indirectly and directly for the last I don't even want to count how long 20 some plus years long time (laughs) and we're also joined with Derek Dernovich today Uh, Derek's just a kind of overall madman of the scene when it comes to meads craft all that type of thing uh, cigars disguising (laughs) alcoholism with a hobby basically (laughs) calling it a hobby right but uh, happy to have you guys Uh, we'll just jump right into it Um, so you going from the music scene and then like getting into uh, wine and meads and stuff like that uh, you were kind of likening it to uh, writing a song and like kind of Absolutely. how you play music so uh, what what sparked the interest what'd you get all what made you get into it and want to start following that path well I would say uh, every every individual goes through a their life and they're trying to find themselves trying to find what what you know they should be trying to find what makes them the best person they can be for themselves and everyone around them uh, and for me, I knew it was some sort of artistic expression. So it was music, uh, lots of different crafts. You know, I'm a fairly accomplished uh, carpenter, and uh, I've been a welding instructor, and uh, do a lot of different trade stuff. And can't draw a stick figure. Um, my <laughs> yeah, six-year-old daughter beats me in that every time. <laughs> but uh, I certainly love creating things. So I've tried a lot of. Uh, obviously, the music was the thing I did for. Pretty. Uh, I mean, I still play music, but tried pretty good dozen years to try to make that work and skipped around and then uh babies came and a wife came i'd say you did pretty well with the music <laughs> thing you know the, yeah, no still, regrets. It's how I, one of my yeah. all-time festivals that i've ever gone to you guys were a part of and it was so cool to have such a like close connection yeah. from home and then like being seeing all these other musicians and oh, uh yeah. not just seeing them like they were pretty available you know like victor wooden was just doing workshops oh, like yeah. out in the middle of nowhere and like Down in bean Blossom, you're yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's fantastic <laughs> and then his family he's band a, he's such a great guy oh, i love victor wooden awesome. i met him a few times yeah. yeah he's about that whole family is about as good as it gets well me and my friends fell in love with him right then and then kind of saw him when he came to chicago he played at joe's shortly after that yeah. or something but um just yeah, he had janice up there with him doing a oh, workshop from uh family groove and right. she's mm-hmm. awesome yeah, that's that really cool I, and uh it, I think it was his brother, the lead guitarist that played in the family band, but it was just like I kind of just sat there and watched that guy with my mouth open for as long as he played. I was just like what? Watching this band is something that I'd never seen before. It was uh, kind of a spiritual thing and to happen so close to home and then, uh, you know, Keller Williams was there, Umphreys McGee was there. Um, So, uh, Dirty Dozen Brass Band. Just crazy uh, crazy shows for that time and when that was happening. And then you guys got the late night sets and it was just like everybody by that time was so Yeah, I mean, Keller Williams is kind of like, he was the start of a very big part of our musical careers, so to speak. Seeing him first time at Summer Sessions was the first summer camp. uh, 
Chillicothe, Chillicothe. I've yeah, heard it said a million times. I think it's supposed to be. Chillicothe, uh, yeah. So I don't know how they say it really because I've only been going there my whole life, but I really don't know how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard different pronunciations, but uh, yeah, seeing him at the first summer sessions, which was Mo, I believe, uh, Government Mule, String Cheese oh, Incident, just and Galactic. It was four bands. And we went out there, and I, we were in high school, I'm pretty sure. I'm starting to forget exactly the time frame now, but yeah, that was. I think it was '97. Uh, yeah, I can remember. Definitely uh, I have a ticket stub somewhere. Well before graduation. Yeah, and he would come out, and he would just uh, he would just play between all the bands, acoustic, just him. And we we're like, this guy's awesome because between each yeah. band, it was one stage. You know, it was only one night, and all four of those bands played. And he just came out and entertained people between sets. And yeah, then I mean, Keller just didn't saw him at summer camp. Watch summer camp grow as a festival and. Yeah, so the festivals, and we tried to get any festival we could. Playing festivals was absolutely a highlight of doing the music thing. And that was, the, that was it, the live performance. That's what got me. And so, yeah, bring it back to the mead. <laughs> yeah, what a, this that, so that's, is amazing. That's what I'm saying. That's a live performance mead we were talking about before we turned the cameras on. That's a on. good name for a mead, too. Yeah, live, yeah, performance. live performance. So, yeah, I was drawn to it. I need to do something creative. Uh, I lost my job. I was, I was working for a corporate company that did entertainment production and corporate event production. So lighting, staging, sound. Uh, right design, uh, logistics, stage management, that kind of thing. Um, around the country, a lot of resorts and, and high-end hotels and golf courses and all that kind of thing. A little bit of everything. A little international stuff. And, you know, that's where a lot of musicians and theater folks end up gravitating towards, whether they're in the sound or uh, video or and stuff, because you can make decent money in the corporate world. But for me, I was never satisfied with it. I uh, lost my job after 11 years there uh, due to downsizing and whatnot, but I got a decent severance. Please. And uh, this was uh, two years ago in June, and uh, no, I wanted to create back. something. I didn't want to have a boss again. I already knew that, and and so especially in the corporate. I always world, wanted right? to have a brewery. I thought the market was pretty. I, I still feel like I, I would love to be a part of a brewery someday too. I really enjoy beer in so many ways. You know, I like distilling. I like it all. I like the whole alcohol industry, the craft part of it, art part of it, and just being getting into it hardcore in the last few years as a maker. Uh, I liken it to music because I feel like I'm making a studio album, although some of them are more rushed than you would prefer. Right. And at the same time, you, then you have to recreate that studio album. All you got to keep the lights on in the studio, thing. you know. Yeah. yeah definitely. But you know, when you make a when you make a wine or a meat or a beer, you know, you have time uh, to make sure it's. Hopefully, you have time. Commercial, it gets a little difficult. But then, when you give it to someone in a bottle format, you know, you worked on it, you tested it, you decided it was ready for someone else to try it. Right. And then you hope they like it. Just like a, you're recording a song, it's the same way. You're writing it, you're coming up with the recipe. Then you're recording it, you know, you're making the thing, and then you master it, and you say, all right, here you go, on some kind of digital format. Right. Or make a record, whatever. But that's what making meat is to me now, so it's, that's pretty fun. I still want to play music, though. Hopefully this makes me enough money to be able to get back into music just for myself. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Start doing live shows at your own meatery. That's a new one. <laughs> well, we have, we have a PA ready, and it's going to yeah. happen. If you can ever get away you from You don't need to hire a band so, ever. You just The get up first there. time I came to Manic, um, I think it was for one, somebody close to you's uh, birthday. Um, a guy that is oh, in the... Oh, Kalarski, man. Yeah, Kalarski, yeah. Yep. So you had pizza, and everybody invited... You know, I felt very welcome for the first awesome. time being there, and uh, and then we're having this great party, and everybody's having a good time, and and then I look around, and you're just back in the back in the back, just working still, like getting it, and <laughs> so it's you can see the passion. You is, <laughs> yeah, you're. Just, I mean, you're like, well, everybody's partying, but I still like you, like you were excited about it. Like, it's probably the kinda, biggest challenge is is trying to get all the stuff done, because people come in, and you know, like the family relationship we have being from this area. You know, Hammond, Munster area. Um, I've lived in Griffith, and I've always wanted to live in Crown Point. I've been here for three years. So I'm 
I'm a region boy. No, you're good. And um, it's really nice. We just see see people we went to school with. We have these right. connections. You're, you're always getting pulled Got out of the, the neighborhood. That I mean, we at least everyone I meet, I at least we have some sort of connection in some way. We your neighbors stalking you here. By, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, we got Kyle here uh, hooking up the sound, and I see him every day next door to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's the best part of it. So it's almost like going to a show, bringing it back to the music, you know. So the show is going to run in the tasting room, you know, and you're sitting there, and all these energies are coming in, and and different folks from all over are combining, and people see each other, you know, that are hanging out at the at the at the bar at a table that they haven't seen in a while, and people, it's fun. It's yeah, I mean, overwhelming, I, but I look fun. at Snapchat every day, and pretty much every day I see somebody ch- that's at Manic, nice. and they're that's like, cool. oh, this place is awesome. Yeah. Um, never any bad comments about anything, and it is. It's a family atmosphere. The first time I walked in there, I'm asking to be brought in the back. Like, you guys are sharing bottles with me and stuff and giving me glasses, <laughs> and, like, I'm just like, uh, hey, CDs, thanks, stickers. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't even supposed to be never here. I'm guilty of anything, and I don't know how much I should advertise this, but yeah. it may be of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I do like to have a good time, and I do like to let people try stuff, and it's more about the passion than the money half the yeah. time. It's and contagious. I mean, yeah, and you just, if you see someone that's interested, it's like, you just, it's kind of when you're playing music, you know, you see someone react to a little improv section of a jam, and try to like, make them react again, you know. It's, you so get what, excited, is, what is the like name something. of this one? That's uh, Blacklisted we're making, so that's a what? collaboration with our neighbors, Blacklisted Tattoo. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we have a pretty cool little area going on. In that industrial area, we got tattoo shop. Um, Fade the Black just moved in, which is a tent shop, and they do stereos and remote starts, all that. So they're next door to us, and then we're next door to them. Uh, really cool. You get folks going in, getting their windows tinted. They go to tattoo, and then they have a drink. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, they have a, a drink before the tattoo, so yeah, they a little lit up when you get it. It's a little easier. Up. Yeah, and we all we all kind of support each other, you know. It's really neat. So, what so is this? for so the novice uh, mead drinkers in the in the crowd, yep. and uh, let's just talk about the ABVs on these, you know, like or the content of yeah. of what's in here. So this isn't going to be like your average beer you're sitting there and having your five percenter, which those are popular right now. Those yeah. sessionable beers. I mean, got the boys drinking Natterdays behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, shout out Natterdays, um, but these these hold the punch. And uh, so, what what do you think uh, the ABV on this guy would be? So blacklisted is a black raspberry mead with wildflower honey from Michigan, and we estimate it's right around fourteen and a half percent, fourteen to fourteen and a half. So we have about a point and a half either direction of uh, error margin from the government standpoint. We label yeah. it at fourteen, so we're pretty sure it's right around where it's at. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's uh, it it's it's meant to. Age. I mean, you can age this one or you can drink it now. We don't release it unless we think it's ready to drink. It just depends on if you like a little oh, it's more ready. boozy and hot. It's definitely. Or ready. if you want it to change with some microoxidation over time. But yeah, higher booze and the stuff we're actually doing now, the reserve stuff we're moving. Batch two of uh, blacklisted is is finishing up right now. It's going to be another two percent. We're kind of getting into the dessert range uh, and trying to define ourselves. And I think where we're going now is on the higher spectrum instead of the lower spectrum. So. We, we focus in the cider for a session kind of stuff, and we'll do a few session meets for sure. Uh, it just won't be our focus. Our focus is definitely on 16 to 20% legally classified dessert meads that kind of meet the port kind of yeah. direction, and then a lot of stuff that, you know, Ken, Ken Schramm kind of basically is an invented, and a lot of us in the sugar belt, hashtag sugar belt, uh, <laughs> nice. have been, uh, you know, influenced by to a great degree and just doing our own things and, you know, it's it's a good time it's to a be boom. a mead maker, it's especially a in this area. Yeah, and so it's it's a lot of fun. But that's kind of the direction we're going. Higher alcohol. Uh, so many people make great session stuff. I love it. Uh, right. 
I'm not the greatest at it. I've kind of BSed a few. Well, that's not so. true. Your ciders mm. are sessional. Those, ciders, those yeah, are amazing. That so that's what gives you the yeah. it gives you the capability to make the higher ABV meats totally. because you have yep. the cider option. Just exactly. You yeah, I've been in there and, and tasted some pretty sessionable, kind of organic almost. Yeah. Um, ciders there and yeah, stuff that I've never. And yeah, weird, definitely just, never. Yeah, and even our and ciders. Your attention to the detail, you can kind of you talk about it like it's musical. It's you're trying like, different types of grasses yeah. and stuff that you never would have in any other yeah. stuff too with him. He's always experimenting. And oh, it's never. I can't get enough herbs and spices and fruits and vegetables and <laughs> getting natural flavors. Yeah, not just throwing anything. every fruit under the sun in there. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, there's. It's endless. It's funny. You you learn about winemaking and you're like, oh, this whole entire world was made out of generally the grape, and then there's white grapes and red grapes. So you kind of have two different big categories there and then from there you have uh terroir and like you know regions and different uh countries and then you get all <laughs> the yeast are all harvested and isolated from different areas of the world and different different grape varieties and then the method it's made in is such a huge part and then we get into mead and we combine every fruit plus grapes that you can ever imagine and then the adjunct guys that came from the beer world really because beer started pushing adjuncts in the U.S. Yeah. with all these big dessert stouts, and that's that's the contribution of the of the beer world now in America, is just throwing everything you possibly can. And it gets ridiculous, you yeah, know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite IPAs ever was um, fried fried chicken chicken from uh, 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 the Vale in yeah, Richmond. The Vale. And, uh, Vail and they, they put chicken. Stuff. They put the a bunch of fried chicken in that, and you could really tell it was gimmicky. <laughs> but the beer was fantastic. It was a great, great Nipa, you know. Um, and at the time, which, yeah, this is like two years ago now, I guess. Not even a novelty but, uh, anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but that was nothing then. But at, at the time, I was like, wow, okay. So, yeah, you combine that with that dessert side of mead, then you got the old, you know, port, and then you then you have folks doing, you know, native firms getting the sour meads, you know, all the stuff the beer kind of pushed the level. Uh, so it's great. It just combines the wine, the beer, and then you have braggots, you know, and I mean, it's, it's uh, fantastic. I love but, it. It's almost like, hey, you want to do everything now? We, you know, obviously we can't use grain still. It's, Unless you get dual license and states are all different and towns are all different with that, but I'm fine with that. I'd rather do collaborations with breweries, kind of like Aaron from Bonflower likes to do. You Him know, and Justin it's, from yeah. Viking just did yeah. one, yeah. So yeah, they're going to be on uh, next week. Two weeks. Week? Two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks from now. Yeah, so. I mean that's the way to do it for me. I don't. I would love to have a brewery someday, maybe, but I, I mean, there's too much to do in meat. I can't even focus on yeah. half of that once. <laughs> well, that's why you start delegating, you right? Know, every yeah. good, you got to be, you know. You know, with the, with the move, I mean, but right now it seems like you're moving at the right pace. Uh, you know, fast as you can go, man. Right. Yeah, and then uh, signing priorities—that's the hardest part. It's like, why am I wasting my time today? Like with this mm. list I have in my head, <laughs> should I waste time writing a list? If I do write a list, am I going to lose it right away anyway? And so, do you have any partners in in Manic? Oh yeah. So Keith Campbell, who's running the tasting room now, uh, we're a fifty. Holding down the fort. Yeah, shout totally. out to Keith. Yeah, Keith yeah, holds Keith. down the fort all the time, man. He's all a good. The time. He's a good worker. He's always. He's, there. Uh, Keith basically, you know, basically took everything he had and financed this operation. We're self-funded. I threw in what I had, which was uh, significantly less than what Keith had. My and he continued to work his job. He worked for Dyson, the uh, vacuum cleaner company, in Chicago for uh, I believe twelve years. But me and Keith go way back. We're best friends since sixth grade. Uh, he was the original drummer in Groovatron. Oh. Um, and then he decided to go to college and pursue an actual career like a normal person. <laughs> and that's probably why he had the money no left rock over star to uh, start this business. So, so it worked out. Yeah. So he's there now. And uh, yeah, I mean, Keith is, it's a 50-50 business through and through. I mean, we split everything, all liability, all decision making. Uh, and, and, you know, we know each other well enough. We've talked about starting businesses our whole lives and. I probably he said no to more ideas than 
he could handle because I'm always trying to get him <laughs> in something. I can only imagine. This is the first one he ever said, yeah, I and mean, we just did it, and you know, it's good. I did think I think it was good that he waited this long to uh, accept my approval. Did you start with wine then, or did you would you start with out of the wine? Uh, the wine was the first scale. thing I ever made. And I was making beer at the started making beer at the same time, and this is you know I've only been doing this for three years now. Um, heck, not even for a lot of things, but started with cider. I uh, was making beer for a little bit. I had made a kit wine a long time ago and a bad kit beer and, you know, never really got into it. And then when I We've went into it, there. I knew I would get spaz. So I'm making, I'm basically making beers and then I'm making cider in the corner and then I started making mead all at the same time. And hell, I haven't made beer in almost two years now. Just staying so oh, long wow. to. Yeah. Dream of the day I could open my garage door and Kyle can come over and we can make some beer, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's more expensive these days to even make a good beer than it is to super imposing. Yeah, so so yeah, I mean that's that's basically what happened, and and then the mead I just got into it the year before we opened uh, when we were getting licensed and everything. You know, I made well over a hundred unique batches, very small stuff. I do growler size, I do gallon size. So yeah, we'd maximized our two hundred gallons a year limit between both of our houses, and uh, made a ton of stuff. But yeah, the wine, I love the wine, love making that. I kind of bring a lot of that uh, love for for French and Italian wines, um, and really any wines, really. Just traditional winemaking, modern winemaking, I love it all. Always was a big dry dry wine fan, and you know, that's where Ken, Ken Schramm, like a lot of us, changed a lot of our attitudes on, mm-hmm. on sweet wine. I never had something so delicious. <laughs> and Ken right. still likes the dry meads, though, a lot, too. Oh, he just yeah, put out totally. those brambles, that bramble, Pacific yeah. bramble, which he's... Noted fully that they are very dry and I love it, man. That's and I'm, I'm on a drier side, I think, for my style. Absolutely, in general, I would agree. Uh, which I think is sweet. So it, it was hard for me to get to this level. Now I appreciate. It, but I still make dry stuff at the meter. Yeah. I mean, we have Earl Grey is mm-hmm. 996, 997 in beer terms. So, um, but yeah, and then we go super sweet. We don't get as sweet as some of the sweet kings. That's for sure. No, it's nope, not our thing. But we try to, you know, <laughs> try to well do balanced. other things. Yeah, because I'm definitely, I'm a booze hound. I like. A lot of complex flavors, and I, lo- I love dry stuff too. I think complexities of uh, dry, whether it's a beer, or wine. So even this, I mean, this is eat black raspberries are normally going to be dry, but this is and this is probably very the dry. most sweet forward one we've released. I would say without one, as much acidity. One of them, yeah. Properties, it's definitely tannic. Tannic, yeah, but it's still got that dry hint. It's not like a you know other meteries that it's just sugar, sugar, sugar. Yeah, you're always going <laughs> to get a little balance with us. I mean, you can say it's balance. Balance is a. Uh, I mean, look at that coating on this glass. It's red. Yeah. It's coated. You can tell how solid that is. Yeah, it's like we just took some cough syrup out of that yeah. thing. And some Robitussin. Really? You know, <clears> and I, I like drinking grape juice. I like drinking these these types of meads. What I think they're meant for more is is sharing, uh, and we all do that a lot with beer shares and stuff and bottle shares. So I think that's great for that's why these meads are so popular in the beer world because they impact your palate just to a huge degree after having so many different things, and it's fun to like end the night on some crazy mead, no doubt, um, and uh, you can just push it to the limit. Love that part of it. It's fun. All right. Well, what uh, what do we have here? You want to dig into the next one here? You want to crack it open? Let's do it. What's the <laughs> next one? Oh, I would say yeah. Try to palate cleanser with strawberry. We got some clean Breezel. ones there. We grab a clean. So one. we yeah, kind of went for gold. Uh, That's what I was asking. We went for gold out of the gate. For me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just rinse those for me. If you don't mind. So what is this one, Tony? So we got a. Twelve and a half percent wildflower mead, All right. and we did about three pounds per gallon of strawberries in secondary. Restarted fermentation with that. Yeah, uh, and then we did um, fresh basil, 
about four pounds in a barrel. Kept adding it, adding it, adding it. Um, <laughs> couldn't get enough. Yeah. And we had a little bit more honey on the back end and sweetened it to where he liked it. It's a collab with two customers, uh, Brianne and uh, Jerry, Jerome. I always call him Jerome because I first knew him by his credit card name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome friends of ours, awesome customers. Uh, nice. But they're part of the family for sure. They come in on a lot of the quiet times we have on the weekends and since mm-hmm. we opened and just great supporters. And we're like, man, you should, they have great palates and they're always trying our stuff and giving us feedback. So there's a lot of stigma around strawberries uh, in the mead game like yeah. and how hard they are to work with and how they yeah. don't age. Um, is there any, can you shed any light on that? Is, yeah, I think lighter fruits and that? strawberries are a very delicate fruit. Um, yeah. But I, I guess I'm still gathering anecdotal evidence for this. Uh, one of the first meads I ever bottled was a strawberry mead a couple years ago in a big 750. And now there's about a half inch of sediment on the bottom of the bottle. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was going to be gross and oxidized. And it was almost similar Turned to this style, really. And then, uh, yeah, we Thank opened you. it like a few months ago. I have like three bottles left in my basement. And uh, my wife was like, this is amazing. Yeah, really? <laughs> I drank it and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I was not paying attention to what I'm paying attention now. So it definitely micro oxidized in that bottle. It's not a great cork. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know much about chemistry at the time. So it, uh, a little more now. But yeah, you so never not know. as hard as everyone thinks, but they are still touchy. I, I, I think <laughs> anything can be risky and strawberries are a delicate fruit. So yeah. the more delicate the fruit, the more risky. It's why everyone's like, oh, peaches are tough. Strawberries are tough. Mm-hmm. Lots of basil. Those are all tough um, because they're just light delicate fruits and if there's yeah. an off flavor it just sticks out really fast and they don't really just punch you in the face exactly. with flavor you got to use so many of them yeah. to really soak just like peaches yeah, yeah like so if you soft, made, tried to make a watermelon mead which a little is a carbonation of this one too yeah, yeah it's a little bit of yep. that's yeah it's, I it's like that. of yeah <laughs> petion which is a french term for like lightly carbonated usually residual uh, fermentation their secondary fermentation what's the name CO2. on this one again so uh jerry the, and brie jerry and brianne were uh uh our two friends that came up with the recipe and Helped us bench trial it, so we call it Straw Jerry Breezel. A little uh, play right. on their yeah. name with the namesake, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Straw Jerry Breezel, that's it. Yeah, that's so. interesting, man. Well, it's great to see you so interactive with your customers and yeah. stuff. And yeah, there's not many places that would guests. do a collab yeah. with their customers. Just jumping yeah. with <laughs> we're, we're taking submissions, so come right. in and yeah. uh, we're holding you talk this. To us. Like when it yeah. blows up, you know, I submitted you a name you and you didn't pick it, so I'm done. Can't turn into douchey like too too cool to talk to. We have a few man. I. I don't even. I, He's wearing yeah. sunglasses inside. Yeah. He's halfway there. That well, stuff. We already told. <laughs> the sun never sets on a badass, folks. It doesn't matter, you know. I had so. to. I like sunglasses. <laughs> uh, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt right. It felt right. Yeah. I yeah. had to take the opportunity. Whatever you're there. comfortable with. <laughs> I kind of felt bad. I didn't wear mine. But. I just want the audience to see their reflection in these. Yeah. You know. See what's happening behind the scenes, folks. <laughs> But uh, besides, um, obviously, you have this kind of uh, addictive personality that you kind of just jump head first in. Um, I heard that you're kind of a gun nut, too. Maybe motorcycles, too, a little bit. Yeah. I like like extreme things. Uh, I like tools. Yeah. (laughs) Tools, yeah. Um, So, yeah, motorcycles are definitely a tool to extreme. Uh, I try to. I'm a lot more responsible than I used to be. Uh, (laughs) I wear gear. I wear helmets. I'm a safety advocate with that. I yeah. do like to ride hard in the appropriate places. Um, I would be down for a track day. I, you know, I'm not a great rider. Uh, I, I definitely admire great riders, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really great at anything. I'm just decent at a lot of stuff because I enjoy it and I want to get good enough at it to be safe, I guess. Oh, yeah. And be able to do it and get all the benefits from the thrill 
without like risking my life. Definitely. So now that I have kids, yeah. that's kind of what I think about. <laughs> <laughs> all the, yeah, all yeah. the safety equipment. I want to be definitely. alive as long as I can to do these things that thrill me, basically. But Derek knows. I mean, the gun range, when you go to the gun range you, and you're shooting guns, I mean, that is an all-time high of stress relief. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. I don't think there's any other kind of stress release that, that is actually legal to do besides, that, yeah, <laughs> besides going to the gun range. I you think know? That, that endorphin release and all that can be, yeah, it's pretty much anything. It's all we're kind of chasing that chasing that fix you know for me firearms are a tool you know and uh it's funny i saw my wife saw a shirt the other day someone said uh my ar it's like, i don't know what it said my insert gun here uh is a um tool in the back of his shirt said i am the weapon and uh she thought that was hilarious and i, I was thinking about that for a while i was like oh it's funny someone's gonna flip that around mm-hmm. his anti-gun and say Oh, you know, you're the tool or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about the ways people are going to yeah. flip it around because that's what we do now. We polarize stuff all the time. Right. And I'm like, but, you know, but that's really how Everybody's I feel about offended. it. It's a tool and like, it's ridiculous to me. Like I judge, I judge people and everything based on, on their, how they act and their intentions and how they're going to use things. So I'd never blame an object for anything. So I'm an advocate for safety, even with guns, motorcycles. I like yeah. to use these things because they do exist. They always will. And it's, pretty naive of me to think that I trust someone else to have a tool and me not like I trust myself to do anything anyone would do maybe right. not heart surgery but that's because I didn't decide <laughs> to go, go to college for that and make that right, happen right. but uh but I could do heart surgery if I really wanted to I could put I could put my mind to it and <laughs> learn how to do that I'd just totally, go for it yeah Feeling like getting a PhD now you know? art is where you kind of get a little sketchy with that because I can't just paint like Van Gogh so that's where art becomes different and very neat um, right but uh but yeah firearms can be an art form too man i love training uh i love uh i you know it's a tool that's available i want to be proficient in it and i want to be able to use it for you know for good definitely if it ever you like is more needed. pistols or more rifles or i like it all just like me just getting just out like there my motorcycles too you know i mean <laughs> heck i'll i'll ride a ducati i'll ride a harley you know i'll ride a moped i don't care put me on so two how wheels many, how many love motorcycles too. do you have um i have two uh, well, one's half, kind of half mine, half my dad's, but it's going to be mine eventually, I'm sure. It's the first bike I learned on, and he's got a few projects himself in his garage, so right. living at my house now. And then I have my, my main, I have a Concorde 14, a Kawasaki that I, I just go on a few trips a year. I don't really ride around town. It's a big, big, basically super bike with hard bags and a windshield and ABS and all these creature comforts, but it'll oh, still nice. do, you know, 180, 88 miles an hour. and that's Pretty Zero intense. to sixty and sub three, so it's it's a fast bike. <laughs> Definitely, it's like, a, it's, it's like the up and go. Yeah, but I mean, I don't do that stuff around. I can't risk it around town. I, I ride bicycles around town a lot. I like that. Nice big bicycle. I like mountain biking. So you live here in Crown Point. Yep. Yeah, oh. I live in Allendale, over uh, across from Square. Oh, we don't need to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, oh, yeah. Everyone knows. Name address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no. No yeah. creepers coming for you. No, when I get when I get the, when I get you. my next house, no one's gonna know where that's at. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, just as long as you have enough room to shoot guns I and ride motorcycles. I was gonna say you need land. Yep. Yeah, Ellendale's Put a pretty big place. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shoot a motorcycles in any event. Yeah. <laughs> have bike night up there. <laughs> Definitely, we we have to get together and do an event. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I know things are blowing up for you and getting crazy. And when I last tried to reach out to you. I, I could just tell. I mean, you guys are just. You, yeah. you, I answer questions spread a little now sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people just bother the hell out of me. That's all you. I can had to sick. I had to sick Derek that's on you. That's all. You, that's <laughs> all you can do is bother me because I just can't. I can't keep up. Um, and it's my fault. It's just the way I roll. It's the way I operate. 
Right. So, you know. I mean, it's great. This is another, I mean, back-to-back great beers, or great meads that are, I'm used to saying beer, yeah, right? because this is <laughs> the first mead we've had in. Do you like that one? That one's more of a summer uh, thirst quencher. Oh, this yeah. is, yeah. we got to take I, a sharpie to your glass, Dave, put mead snob over it. you got to yeah. toss it out. <laughs> Do it up. This was actually a gift from my... Uh, from my uh, crew back at Docks, but be, when I was leaving, oh, yeah? so it was nice. great. I, or maybe for my birthday, I don't remember. One of them, one of the two, yeah. I think. Your party but, gift, uh, maybe. I love the carbonation in here, and it's called what? Now you gotta. So it's a, a French term called pétillon. It's it's uh, it comes from you know there's a lot of CO2 that builds up natural carbonation with fermentation. So right. most people say petulant, yeah. which grinds yeah. Tony's gears. Petulant or or, or yeah. Petillon. Yeah. Got it. Makes me. Is that yeah. right? All right. <laughs> it's one of have you been to France? You have you uh, <laughs> have you studied uh, Petion? Petion? Petion is I Petion? I believe would be the correct. It's like chili coffee, man. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I try. The locals don't know in French in French terms and words that I, you know, thank goodness for the internet now, and I can just listen to a robot say it correctly and then think that maybe I know how to say it. And then, of course, I, I find out I listen to the wrong video or whatever. <laughs> so that happens, too. So have you been to France? I have not. No, nope, not been to France. And I've been to Europe uh, when I was younger. I did a Boy Scout thing there when I was in high school. Uh, I went to Germany when I was four. Uh, my uncle was stationed there, uh, you know, pre, pre-Berlin pre Wall collapse. My dad was born in Germany because his, his dad was stationed there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that was pretty crazy. So I have little memories of that, crazy stuff. But that was just little visions in my head but went to england wales um you know i've been over the mexican border a couple times and (laughs) stuff like that but yeah yeah i want to go to france and italy i have a trip definitely planned in my mind in the next year or two we'll see when that actually happens just growing that Uh, growing that passion i I want to go to i want to go to poland that's on my list a lot of friends Mm -hmm. in poland a lot of meat makers in poland that i want to go see and uh, visit there and there's a lot of great eastern european uh wineries and mead makers it's it's wild so yeah, that's great. Yeah, oh man, I, I would say this all is. In. I don't even know. <laughs> just, just when you have time, barely. Yeah. It's like, funny to think we're in a time where I can just talk about a place on the earth that I just want to go there. I'm planning on going there. Go there oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Think about that, like a hundred years ago, and it's like, <laughs> right? You just wanted to cross an ocean. That going to St. John would be like a whole <laughs> day trip. Yeah, unless you're fleeing from something, <laughs> you know. You know? Yeah. You don't really travel unless you're fleeing. That's pretty much. What you I guess. Yeah. There's still places like that, obviously, but general. We're more connected. It's, it's, it's wild. So for uh, anything that you have special going on around the meadery, like things you guys do, uh, <sighs> obviously probably there, there's no like special like, you know, thing. there's no kitchen right now or anything Yeah, like no that. kitchen. We allow people to bring food in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been talk of having a little outdoor area, although now that it's super hot out, people are really enjoying the AC. So... Yeah, no, kudos to you because he came in and our thermostat's broken and we got him. And uh, sorry for the if there's a buzz, but I think Kyle will take care of that. He just, <laughs> Milky White's a stud back there on the audio. Um, but we had to do some uh, window units, so we're kind of braving the heat today in here. We got fans and all that good stuff going on. So yeah, uh, it feels nice. We appreciate you coming in here and uh, yeah. <laughs> braving the weather up here. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't mind it at all. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of used to it now. We've yeah. been sitting in it all day. I mean, but yeah, I'm not even sweating. I've been. I've been getting outside a lot and riding my bike and exercising a lot and trying to do good stuff for my body and the sweat, man. I, I sweat a lot. Then when I come in here and just relax, I actually don't sweat. Feels, yeah, it feels, yeah. That's good. feels comfortable yeah. now. Until a few more meads hit you, then you might. <laughs> the mead sweats. like the meat sweats. The meat sweats, yeah. yeah you how many get those from that, definitely. How many people uh, think mead is meat at first when they first hear about it? <laughs> Probably meat. a lot. Yeah. Speaking of that. You have uh, a meadery? Like, <laughs> right? 
So at the meadery, when you have like, you know, say an older woman coming in who's drank wine her whole life, like how uh, rewarding and how often does it happen where like you have, you know, an older couple or something come in, want some wine, and then all of a sudden you get them hooked on mead. Because I know when I've been in there a few times, I've seen a few people who, I've seen you transform a few people just in yeah. front of my eyes even. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, honestly, we're, anyone who opens a meadery now, it's their duty, it's their, their responsibility to cherish the moment of the beginning of this movement to be able on the on the ground floor of, of the new mead movement in America and then be ambassadors for mead. So you have to convert people. You have to be able to introduce them. You have to be able to talk about what you're doing and be passionate about it and, and, and try to convert them and introduce them into something they've never had. They never heard of. You need to know enough about the history, enough about your process. Not shy. And uh, you're yeah, in a cool spot because you have wine too, which is what most of these people are. Familiar. Right. Everyone yeah. in the world who is above probably 13 years old, 12 years old knows what wine is. I mean, exactly. They yeah. know, you know what I mean? Seriously, you hear about it all day. So you get yeah. someone in there well, knowing yeah, and, that and, there's wine. And we do, you know, we do all the stuff them. with fruit and like, you'll know, I mean, this blacklisted tastes like a wine for people that I always say port like, I always relate it to meat, wine like terms. So, yeah. Oh, this one's port like, do you like port? Oh, port-like. I like port. Okay, yeah. perfect. If you like port, you're going to like blacklisted. No doubt. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think with meads, the mouth feel, is mm-hmm. even more intense than if it were with beer, I think. I oh, feel it's, like way it's way more intense. More, uh, Th- yeah. There's way more senses. Well, and that's like the, we're challenged with mm-hmm. that particular the thing, complexity actually. We do a lot to get one. that mouth feel. Yeah, this, the it's complexity, so you can yeah. kind of... I'm not saying because like, the beer you can't eat the you know the beer has the binders of the of the grain and instead right. of umami type flavor that's just like sensation of like yeah. so it's so hard to, we always want to mimic uh, that when you get the lighter alcohol so with the big bodied stuff it's a lot of fruit there's a lot of tannins pull out of there which gives mouthfeel and you know the residual sugar and the alcohol level all these things contribute to it um, yeah you get into that sessiony stuff that's where it becomes hard this is delicious it's, like it's definitely it's very awesome. good it's the best yeah so in that one we use the bubbles the slight bubbles is, that's one of the things it'll do is it'll give a little kiss of acidity yeah and that's carbonic right. acid talking mouth because weight in the mouthfeel and i can make a creamy kind of effervescent a little right. bit but and even because i didn't my palate didn't need time to uh acclimate it was kind of i could take a sip of water and then even nice. though that one was so uh yeah like i would that's say the mo- we should have ended with that <laughs> um thick yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we said, it was like Robitussin and pouring out of a, you know, it coats the glass, uh, the legs, I guess. I wouldn't, do you even call them legs with meads? Or, yeah, legs, that? meniscus. Yeah. Uh, there's different coating terms. Uh, right. Legs are essentially everything that's left in the mead as it's dripping down the glass when the ethanol evaporates and it makes capillary action channels. So it's like you can blow in a glass and you'll see it cascade and do like a legs that are, look like us, you know, paintball splatter <laughs> and then it'll start channeling and the capillary will make it so you can describe legs in so many ways it's really just a cool little science yeah. project watching but yeah the more alcohol the more intense the legs can be residual sugar and they're the different shapes so you can actually tell a lot by 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 a wine or a meat in my opinion by the way the ethanol evaporates out of the glass but a, a nice glass does help <laughs> oh yeah Zalto you got some yeah. yeah i got some yeah. some nice altos coming in if, uh, if it's you don't fun know, though once you get real boozy then it's really yeah. neat playing with the ethanol yeah. and how it evaporates you know you've seen it in whiskey if you're a whiskey drinker you know yeah, I, yeah it's right Very and neat. for your summer sessions i mean that lemon drop kick you guys have is everyone's been to the fair had a lemonade shake yeah, up like and that. Nice. man that thing is if, if you're looking for a summer drink good. go to manic get you a lemonade shake up. <laughs> yeah right it's uh we need to start blending it we want to do that lemon too. drop kick a, it's called i think we right? should really have a slushy machine right now i know That's, our, i've been telling you since yeah. day one you got it slushy this and man yeah, it's the best summer drink yeah out one there. of our servers dave has been 
trying to get us to get one for a while, and it just hasn't Those been. Those things are a pain in the ass. You've got to empty them every they night. They are. It's got to be the me. right temperature. You know, <laughs> yeah. Dave, you need expensive. to stop that right now because right. I want the slushies, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's other ways. There's other I ways. I know. And then you got that mojito one that was just yeah. Phenomenal. I wouldn't be surprised like, if like Tony just blew in some glacial ice or something, yeah. just <laughs> hand carved that shit yeah. and just was like, served you up snow cones. Tony, Tony found a new we hobby. Should have an ice, <laughs> we should have an ice bar at the next place. An actual surprised ice bar. you're not an ice sculptor. I went to NWB Neat Whiskey Bar in uh, Lyle. It's like Naperville. Not long ago, and they had laser cut ice cubes that were so clear. You, they when they deliver them to you, they bring their own freezer to give you. Because they have to stay at such a perfect temperature. They do. These and ice then cubes they also have, There has to be a small vibration or else it becomes cloudy. Yeah, something like and that. And it doesn't even matter if you have like RO water in it. It's still can, yeah. can These were, cloudy. I have a picture I'll show you guys later. Yeah. On my there has to be nuts. a constant like vibration to keep on. It's nuts. I don't know. Those things are so hard to do. And then you, yeah. you go and you look at the like YouTube editorials on how to do it. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And then you go and try and do the exact thing. Never works out. Yeah. <laughs> Never works Cut out. with a laser. Like, always, it's, it's nuts. It's ice. Yeah. Laser but cut some nice. People that's just, getting a little crazy. Or in Japan, seriously. you know, they have the, they kind of carve the ice right there like a diamond or something. It's yeah. Like, just give me my drink already. Like, I already <laughs> paid $50 for that whiskey. You don't need to carve me a diamond piece of ice. <laughs> I'll, I'll just take it without the ice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But um, oh, whiskey. With everything else coming, do you have any events coming up? Any uh, future collaborations? I know you just uh, did yeah, the we got well, we got Boneflower uh, collab coming out two weeks. Soon. Boneflower? Nah, it won't be yeah. two weeks. Well, I'm yeah. Boneflower's coming on two weeks. Oh, they're so. going to be oh, on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll say we're releasing something <laughs> in two weeks, but it won't be that yeah. one unfortunately. But yeah, you made it yeah. in before him. You were the first meteri on, so you get to claim that one. Ah, so. nice. <laughs> well, they got licensed before we did. But. Oh. You know, nobody needs Jeff to know. Needs to know. Yeah, just, nobody just, needs to know. <laughs> it's weird when you see a bunch of bearded grown men lining up outside the little rascals daycare <laughs> to go get their mead. <laughs> the bone flower release. There you go. That's hilarious. You're, uh, you've seen the spot in St. John see, over there, right, Tony? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff likes to throw it in my face. I, I did. It's, I saw, I just I saw a picture of like little like rascals, that. a bunch of bearded men lining up outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I think I saw a picture on Snapchat that was like, Somebody yeah. was like, "What's going on here?" Like, what is this? And like funny. somebody that didn't know what was going on, yeah. like, and I didn't know, but now it kind of clicked because it was like, "What are they talking about?" Like, I don't know why. And there was just a, a bunch of look. bearded dudes just standing outside, little like waiting like, for two hours to get the weird first bottles. Yeah. But so you got some future collabs coming up. Um, yeah, I got that. I got one um, uh, with uh, Richie DeLeo. He's a Crown Point native. He's DeLeo Mead Works in Florida. That one's uh, going to be crazy. It's called, we're call, calling it Homecoming because he's originally from Crown Point, graduated Crown Point High School. And uh, that, it's like tropical style. It's Florida Orange Blossom because he's in Florida now. Uh, we've got mangoes, pineapple dominant, a little orange zest, and then we're doing nutmeg cinnamon and rum barrel. Oh, wow. Uh, That's crazy. And, oh, and toasted like coconut. It's like a yeah. Christmas Mai Tai. Toasted right? coconut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I'm, I'm it's, in on that one. It's like I'm a, interested. It's like yeah. an amped up take on the painkiller cocktail yeah, yeah. so That's uh you know we're adding for. a few other things in there a few and it's looking like I, we tried to go a little boozy on it like I, it's kind of my new thing anyway so hopefully we'll get it around it should should be around 16 15 to 16 percent um that's yeah, gonna be fun doing the adjuncts it's the most things i've ever put most collision of adjuncts i've done in the mead so so when you put that many things in a mead what what do you have to adjust on the on the honey side on the water side i think that's the hardest part is deciding what order to put all of the adjuncts in because i don't do them all at once you want to like you want to add one thing and then you might have to re-add something Mm -hmm. uh 
and you know that that's the, you you can always add more you can't take away so you have to be a little cautious and it's not inexpensive at all yeah i mean those yeah. all those ingredients are not Honey, yeah so really ours. tasting it often which really sucks because we have to drink it every day but oh terrible or you that's yeah. so bad How do you it live gets exhausting it does <laughs> yeah well but, you guys are sitting here sleeping on this i'm gonna finish this and we got another one open too I don't feel bad then. But ah. so, like, do you, you know, with the more adjuncts, do you have to add more honey to, to balance it out, um, or do you just kind of wing it? So, for something like that one, we're, we're starting with a dry base that we fermented pretty much dry. So, we will adjust the honey in the back end. Um, we will adjust honey in the back end of anything because we don't, we're kind of stopping trying to, we're not stopping ferments. We're not coaxing yeast into dying. We're just letting them do their thing now. Uh, and straight, especially getting up to 16, to 17 Yeah, that's why we're going yeah, high. We're going higher in alcohol, which is going to be better for aging. It's going to be better for a lot of things, in my opinion. Um, and we just got really good at it. Uh, we're just getting better and better at it. It's becoming more reliable for us. Faster ferments. And we figured out, at least in our opinion, how to do it without having it sit around for a year because it's so full of you know, hot ethanol or, or even fusilli because yeah. it fermented too too fast. Um, so that's that's a really that's a really big positive. And, uh Stay in the higher alcohol. Things can age better. You're not worried about infections or reaffirms as much. So, yeah, kind of where we're going with it. Um, I forgot what was the original question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I kind of tailed off. How do you why. adjust to like oh, more, adjust, more, yeah, adjun- honey. So more adjuncts? So yeah, honey. If, if that fermentation, you know, right now we're getting right. within a percent, it seems like, uh, but sometimes it'll be a little different. Now, if we start with the same starting gravity and the same same amount of uh, sugars in the beginning of the ferment, we might have to add a little honey at the end, but uh, sometimes we'll ferment stuff dry and add all the honey at the end, or maybe some maple syrup, or maybe some fruit concentrates, or maybe some purees, or maybe some fresh fruit, or all the other adjuncts. So there's different things we can use to sweeten. So the, the sweetening, sweetening we're going to get from, uh, I mean, you could stabilize the meat and then add strawberries, and you're going to get extraction of more like a, a extraction like an herb from the strawberries, and some of the sugar from the strawberries is actually going to sweeten the meat and then you know then you can you know it's crazy what you can do or you can let it re-ferment ferment, ferment the sugar from the strawberries yeah. you're gonna get flavor but then you gotta add honey back in so, so it's a case by case ordeal let me get my notebook yeah. out real it's quick not, uh, there's no <laughs> write system. that one down oh yeah it's, it's just experimentation after if you were my college professor i would have walked out about 10 minutes ago because i couldn't have followed notes i don't think <laughs> yeah sorry it's yeah. <laughs> okay I'm just it's uh <laughs> it's it's just a, it's great because you can constantly adjust it and if you really screw up um you know, fermentation is the most important thing. A clean product, that's our focus. Yeah. So everything we start with is clean. Uh, it may be hot, but it's hot in a clean way. Yeah. I like hot stuff. Right. I like stuff where I can taste the alcohol. I like yeah. boozier stuff. Um, I like stuff that's micro-oxidized in a cellar for 10 years, I, if it's done right. I like a lot of things, so... You don't you want know, it to taste like Welch's grape you juice. Know, I mean, flavors, it's got to taste... Off flavors, you know? Yeah. Usually, if you don't like something we make, it's because the actual flavor we intended you don't like. And that's mm-hmm. good. That's what I want it to be. I don't like chipotle peppers. Okay, cool. You probably won't <laughs> like this, but I want you to try it anyway. Because I always try to make people try stuff they don't want to try, yeah. which right. is fantastic. And I know your quality control is excellent. I've, I've heard about and seen you dumping batches because they weren't right or just doing stuff differently. Oh, the place oh, is yeah. spotless, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's endless. It's not nearly as clean as I wish it was because um, all you do, it's 80% cleaning, no doubt. You're constantly yeah. Glorified janitor. washing, yes, washing mm-hmm. buckets. and Yeah, it's wild. It's On to number three here? Yeah, so that's... What, uh, uh, you need the, a glass rinse right there? We just released that. I'm um, good on the glass yeah, rinse. Yeah, it'll, it'll kill it pretty well. So. Yeah. So this is like a very similar style to the Strawberry Breezel, but it's a that's sizer, a- so it's uh, 50%. Basically, instead of water, we used uh, apple cider, and then we mixed honey. Apple cider? It's 
Yeah, so that's a sizer. It's just apple cider and honey. It's going to kill all the hard people. Yeah, yeah. People don't understand. We call that a sizer in that means. terms. Which is basically where instead of adding using using water and then adding honey to our desired uh, sugar level, mm. we used apple cider and then we add honey and we need less honey because apple cider is obviously already right. and has sugar in it. A lot of you know I, I think you've done the mango one like this where you had no added water, right? Or yeah, we do some uh, we did? do some other stuff like a sizer but with different fruit. Like we've done our Elliot is a no water meat yeah, right now. Which the Elliot is, puree, is fire. Right? Yeah, it's just oh, it's one six of my and a half to seven pounds of uh, blueberries per per gallon and yeah. uh, the rest is honey. And the only water we use is to start the yeast, uh, which is you know ends up being like 0.2 percent. I feel like a lot of people like would be water. surprised by that. Like you yeah. hear, you know, because beer is like 99 percent water, and yeah. right. a lot of other liquors. And, and you know, you there's water, it and it like, just all comes from the fruit, which right. But it's not. It. People think of making a, a beverage, and they think of a big tub of water, and you right. throw stuff in. Yeah. Not necessarily sometimes. Yeah, it's, for sure. So, are any plans for expansion or anything like oh, that? Oh yeah, sorry, really quick. Let me finish. So that's blueberry yeah. sizer with lemon, lemon zest. So it's a blueberry lemon sizer. Yeah, twelve and a half percent. Very similar style. Uh, like Petion. Blueberry lemonade. You can taste the booze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the booziness. Can and smell it, it. It's not that it's not well balanced. It's perfectly balanced. Oh yeah, you can. This and one it's sneaky. Like a wine, it's like a super sneaky. I can like feel wine. my face and ears getting a little warm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love the the you know like wine. It's got like Concord really notes kinda, to it, which is when you're 13 years old and you're having New Year's Eve with your parents and they're giving mm-hmm. you that stupid juice and you're pretending mm-hmm. it tastes like alcohol. So now, why do people complain when you can taste alcohol? That's what we always wanted. It is. That's what See, I always wanted. Good. I'm not. You know? I'm not complaining. I want. It's great. <laughs> I want delicious. to know it's alcohol in there. So, uh, so now any uh, any plans for expansion <laughs> in the near go. future? Expansion? Yep. Oh yeah. Every doing? day we expand. Uh, we're gonna expand our reach. Distro. We're gonna start our club pretty soon. We're gonna have a couple different levels of club memberships. And where can everybody um, find you at? Uh, right now, the best thing is uh, social media, uh, Manic Meadery on Instagram, Facebook, pretty much cross-posted. So you're not going to miss anything if you're only Instagram or if you're only Facebook. Yeah. It's about how we communicate right now. Uh, Manic Meadery at Gmail is a pretty easy email to use, the same one on our Facebook. Uh, our phone uh, has our hours on it, but uh, we don't really answer it that often unless we're open. Right. Um, yeah, email. We're pretty responsive, and coming in and bugging us is the best way. Yeah, killer, uh, killer logo. Also, yeah. thank you. So, yeah. uh, shout out to whoever. Check out. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. We grew up with her and drew this uh, logo that I got tattooed by the, by Tony Reyes, who's a blacklist tattoo owner, yeah. which is our neighbor. I know Tony very well. Great yeah. guy. Great, Great guy. Man. Yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming through and uh, braving the, the heat up here and the humidity, but it's a pleasure, man. It was a great time getting to talk to you and kind of learn a little bit. Yeah, Absolutely. cheers. Where are you guys so, located uh, at also? Yeah, you got to tell us the uh, the address and the all that The technical address, although Apple Maps is not the greatest, but Google Maps has it right. It'll push you past it a couple times, <laughs> but it's definitely <laughs> worth it. Uh, 1003 East Summit Street. Uh, Suite 3 is the building number. By Buddy and Pals. Yeah, the best, I think, to explain is like you're not really looking for a street. It's almost like an entryway to to the yeah, to like strip. the little yeah. strip next to Niemeyer's landscape. Yeah, yep, right it's there. Buddy and Pals is right across the street, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. It's a couple like a block away from Buddy and Pals. It's yeah, virtually the side of the yeah, right, right over there yeah. though. But yeah, area. Google Maps will take you to it pretty well. So, well, Derek, thank you, Tony, thank Thanks you so much. Thank pleasure. you all. I really appreciate uh, it. Look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode of the Bruisers Podcast. Uh, thank you, Rizzo Insurance, for your sponsorship, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Cheers. Salute. I'm serious. I'm
Who it is? 